Welcome back, everybody. This is whatever around the podcast we do, whenever we're around. And uh, today we are going through uh, Romans ten. <laughs> uh, and of course, there's the uh, the the quint- quintessence, the <laughs> the quintessential quattro, <laughs> the quintessential quiche. You see, Michael, you really like gave PJ just a heart attack when you introduced that new name because he was so he was so in a routine before. Tried and true, true, yeah. Yeah, and now you just broke the tried and true trio with the yeah. quintessential uh, quattro. Right the, quint- the quintessential trio. Yeah. <laughs> the tried and true quattro. Don't ever say that again. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. They said we are going over Romans 10, or basically the part of it that we didn't cover in our last, yeah, uh, Romans 9. Yeah. So, uh, get, get ready for a shorter episode this time around, folks. If you remembered ep- uh, Romans 9, we broke it in because it kind of, uh, 1 through 4 of Romans 10 kind of still fit with Romans 9. Whoever did the chapter divisions there kind Was of fired immediately. threw it off a bit. Was an Man. idiot. We talked about this before, about how the original letters that were sent out, they didn't have chapters in them, they were just... <laughs> All one long <laughs> letter. So Paul just wrote like a big number nine before he started. Yeah, the, the chapters like, aren't inspired for all you all there who'd like terms. They're not inspired by God. The chapters aren't. But so that's why we carried it over into the last one. So basically, if Isn't... you're following along in your Bible, which you are a troop if you are, we'll be starting in verse five going through Romans 10. Precisely. Uh, I read last time, I read last time, I read last time. <clears throat> yeah, so Michael reads this time. Yeah. Uh, the whole thing? You don't sure, have to. Oh, oh, okay, well, it, if you weren't planning on me reading the whole... Okay, hang on. Okay. You can read as much as you want. If you yeah. want, you can read through 13, and then I can finish 14 can, through 21. You can 21. read through 5, and then Carl can finish the rest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that works too. I'll go through 13. Okay. <clears throat> I'm once again in the... Uh, New Living Translation. Oh, yeah, we should say what translations we use. By yeah. the way, it doesn't really matter what translation we use. <laughs> you do go. Ex- okay, okay. No, I'm the, kidding. The, the, the further, <laughs> some translations are just more of a commentary. Like the because, Disney version? Yes. So, the closer you stay to the original language, the preferably the better. Right. But, if you can't understand certain things, I understand moving up in a translation. As long as you understand that Jesus <laughs> died for your sins, rose, defeated death, and he calls for you to believe in him, that's all that really matters at the end of the day. So, I'll be reading from the children's Bible with pictures of Jesus in it. <laughs> yes. I will be reading from the message Bible where it talks about him handing out, um, instead of bread, he hands out uh, Subway sandwiches at the Last I, Supper. Subway sandwiches and fish sticks. I will, yeah. be reading from the, I will be reading from the Lego Bible. Where it has cool Bible, but in Lego version. <laughs> have we ever told you guys? Have we ever told you guys about the uh, about our idea for the for the Nikki B translation? Oh my goodness! <clears throat> that's, I'll be that's, reading that, from. That's I'll alluding to future Quran. things towards the end of this podcast. So yeah, but like that was actually... Stay tuned. We have a really awesome question asked by a really awesome listener, who may or may not be known as Nikki B backflip. 
So, like that, uh, that was an actual thing that I'm talking. Like there was. <laughs> oh no, I remember. Yeah, no. I, I remember multiple times because we've been <laughs> sitting with him in a Bible study, and he'll just say something, and we're like, "I'm pretty sure that's the Nikki B translation." <laughs> and then we were like, "Imagine that Bible. It's just everything of Nikki B is just poured out. It would be both horrendously beautiful and somewhat terrifying." Oh yeah. Anyway, yeah, Justice is the only one here who hasn't met Nikki B. So say hi. Hello. No, not you, Nikki B. <laughs> Jeez, Justice. <laughs> so self-centered. Well, all I wanted to say about the translation is, is I'm using ESV. Uh, Michael's using uh, NLT. New Living Translation. PJ, what are you guys using? I'm using the Quran. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> with, with pictures. Yeah. <laughs> the children's Quran. I have a live Muslim <laughs> demonstrating everything, actually. <laughs> no, I think we're, PJ and I are both using the uh, ESV. Okay, so you're, <laughs> you're, okay. you're outnumbered. No, PJ's actually, using a different switch. translation. I was gonna, I was gonna switch to the NASB after this one because I do like that translation a lot. I do like secondary. I have that one right on the side. Whenever I read this, I normally read both at the same time, just because. Well, Says things a little more clear sometimes, but one with this guy. Look, 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 look who's showing off. Huh? Save, save some for the rest of us, pal. I mean, <laughs> stop showing off. That's oh, I can read. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't have the Lego Bible where it has pictures of Lego. The Lego Quran. For me. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. Oh, that would be yeah, awesome. I can... I can read one. Bible I would. I would tries. read the Quran. I mean, I've always been intended to read the Quran because it's just interesting to know more about other stuff. Yeah, but that would make it like a necessary if you got me a Lego Quran. We are not making a podcast going through the Quran. That's not what we're going <laughs> to. That's never going to happen. <laughs> it's not anyway, going to happen. We, so Michael, it, start us off in Romans. You know the. You know what the Quran talks about. It talks about the Bible sometimes. <gasps> and this is the Bible. So no. let's go back to the Bible. Actually, there's there's a theory that the Quran rips off a lot of the stuff from the Bible. But anyway, <laughs> there's an alternate dimension where we're reading the Quran right now. Think about that. Anyways, no, there's not. <laughs> Get behind me, Satan! <laughs> I'm joking. Michael isn't Satan? Satan, not yet. <laughs> no, I'm not Ray Romano over uh, the... <laughs> over the word Satan. Yeah. Yeah, anytime anyone says something that's like inappropriate or cringy, just Ray Romano. <laughs> that's for those of you who haven't heard Michael's rendition of Ray Romano, go back and <laughs> try to listen. Try to listen to Romans nine. Yeah, either get Romans nine or Romano nine, and bad ending. You tell me which one you're gonna want. Okay. Okay. Should I read? Oh yeah, let her rip, Tater Chip. I'll read through thirteen. Yeah. Uh, for Moses writes that the law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience of all its commands. But faith's way of getting right with God says, don't say in your heart, who will go up to heaven, to Christ, down to earth. And don't say who will go down to the place of the dead to bring Christ back to life again. In fact, it says the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. And that message is the very message about faith that we preach if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is believing 
in your heart that you are made right with God, and that is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then picking up in verse 14, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. But I ask, have they not heard? Indeed, they have. The voice has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. But I ask, did Israel not understand? First Moses says, I will make you jealous those who are not a nation with a foolish nation i will make you angry then isaiah is so bold as to say i have been found by those who did not seek me i have shown myself to those who did not ask for me but of israel he says all day long i have held out my hands to a disobedient and contrary go thanks for watching that's it. Go home. Go to bed. Why are you still get... here? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, <clears throat> if you guys if you guys read 10, you'll see why we took five separately from one through four. Because when we covered one through four, it definitely doesn't fit with this as much as it fits with what we talked about in nine. And does anyone want to recap us on what we talked about nine? Just a few things for t- context. Uh, sure. I can't do it on command. That's all right. Well, in nine, if we remember, he talks about how he was like yearns for like the people of Israel, <clears throat> and he's going through that and talking about how he's making this distinction between Israel and the church, but at the same time, he's saying they rejected our message and our heart longs out for them too. So, and we explained that we went through that. And then one through four of chapter 10 says, brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. Talking about Israel for I bear them witness that they have zeal for God, but not according to knowledge for being ignorant in the right to the righteousness of God and seeking establish their own. But they did not submit to God's righteousness for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. So as you can see, like that kind of goes really well with everything that nine was talking about and everything we went through in five on that, but kind of going back to the same, traditional message that moments but what did you guys like from the first couple verses there what'd you guys have the that we don't earn our salvation so there's no point in hiding stuff from God. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Like, especially from the first two verses, <clears throat> it makes it very clear 
that righteousness is based on faith. It says that in verse 6. A lot of people will take that and reverse it, and they'll say faith is because of righteousness. That's not the case. Righteousness is only something that can be done after faith. A lot of people, especially the Catholic Church, they take that idea, and that's where we get confession and all these things. It's this idea of trying to get right. This That's all righteousness is, is being in the right right way. So a lot of people will disconnect that. And there's this huge thing of, I need to be better for God to love me. And the truth is, is you will never be good enough. God's love has already been sin, just who created an infinite chasm. The whole point is that Jesus bridges that chasm for you. And once you bridge that chasm, then righteousness is available to you. That goes back to when we were talking about, you're either a slave to sin or a slave to righteousness. You don't get to be a having a little bit of righteousness, then you're pulled into God's kingdom. No, you have that faith and that activates the ability to be a slave to righteousness. If that makes sense. Man, Romans is just chock full of uh, (laughs) (laughs) anti-Catholic literature. Literature, yeah. (laughs) Just crusading over here. Well, because it's focusing on Christ as the centerpiece of salvation and that alone. And that is what shifts a lot of people the wrong way, is this idea of that Christ alone is the top and the head and the founder of our faith and the source of our faith and salvation. And then everything else from that comes from that. It's not righteousness and then you're at salvation. It's you come to Jesus Christ and then righteousness. And that's okay, hard for yeah. people to grasp. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Um, but for then you'll have people who will say, well, then why did, you know, why does it say that Moses writes about righteousness that is based on the law? And what would you say to that? Well, because we're, we're talking about right now, righteousness was totally something that was seen in the past history of Israel. And Mm -hmm. we address that in Romans when he was talking about Abraham, he was talking about Abraham had faith and righteousness before there was the law. Like even before the law, the reason that he had righteousness was by faith in God. So in the end, and that's what, that's the whole point of what the Jewish people were missing in Jesus's day. They didn't, they, they exalted the law almost more than they exalted God. Cause otherwise they would have seen Jesus there. Right. So there was that disconnect from righteousness because the law was a tool. We, it was a good tool. We read that before we covered that before in Romans. It literally says the law is not in itself bad, <clears throat> but the people, their hearts behind it was, they were more focused on the law and making sure they looked good on the outside. When Jesus was calling them to say, the outside is a reflection of what's on the inside, and your guys' insides are all messed up. <laughs> you gotta go to the hospital. Yeah. Basically, and the only the only doctor that could cure you is me, and I'm here. And then they all just spat in his face and said, no, we're fine. And then they all went and died in a hole somewhere. <clears throat> but uh, does, does, does that answer your question, Justice? <laughs> oh, I mean... Uh... Yeah, yeah. Well, I know it's not your question, but the the opposite view. Yeah. Yeah. When when Jesus came along, he kind of flipped the script on the on the Jewish nation. Well, and that's funny. He flipped the script from when where they were at. But if you look in the past, he just stuck to the same script that had always been there. Yeah, yeah. It like, just shows this the, the 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 total change of the people of his time. Yeah. Well, like while they were doing all their stuff, like they you know, they were shown signs and there, all this stuff that you know that would later you know reveal the coming of you know the Messiah, and they 
got and they lost track of that because they were too busy, you know, following their policies and rules and stuff. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. Yeah, that was that was a good answer. OK. What else you guys have from the first bit there? Uh, not really much for me. Well, I like um, if you have anything about like from eight back to five, just let me know. But in nine and ten, I really wanted to hear because this is <clears throat> this is something we'll hear very often, especially when we're evangelizing and ministering to people who don't know God is because verse nine, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe just him from the dead, you will be saved for with the heart one believes and is justified. And with the mouth, one confesses and is saved. What, any thoughts on that? I have a few, but I wanted to hear your guys's first. Um, I don't know. Like anytime the heart is brought up, it, I always think back to that verse. I forget where it is about it being. Oh, um, I can only be wicked, and it is deceitful. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember. That's Old Testament. That's old Old Testament. Yep. And that's it's not wrong either. It's not like contradicting itself here. <clears throat> Any other thoughts? Well, okay. I, I I know we've all heard this idea of like the sinner's prayer. You know, it's like this laid out thing where make sure it covers all the bases. Like I accept Jesus and do my heart and all this stuff. Yeah. And okay. First of all, I want to make this very clear. I'm not hating on that. That is a great tool, but people will say, people will go so far as you, that's, that's all you need. You say that and you're saved. But I think Paul makes a very clear connection here. First of all, in the words he uses, because a confession conf- to confess something, especially in the court of law, is to admit not only guilt, but to more importantly, to admit truth. You can't confess a lie. That's not a confession. That's a lie. So in order for you to confess something, not only does it have to be true, you have to believe it's true. Right. <clears throat> Which people will just disconnect that. They'll say, oh, this person said the sinner's prayer. That The sinner's <clears throat> prayer is not where the power lies. Mm-hmm. And Paul makes that very clear. There is no set thing that you say that makes you a Christian. It is very much this inner conviction of yourself and this confession of who Jesus was. Right. So people will take that and they'll take the sinner's prayer and just run with it. And I'm not saying don't use it because it's a great tool. But if you disconnect that and you just say that salvation is just saying this, A, you never see that in the Bible. Even here, that's not even what he's saying. Because if you break down what these things mean. And B, a lot of stuff that I don't really believe. <laughs> Let's just be honest there. Yeah. I can say a lot of stuff that, first of all, the heart, the reason he brings the heart into it is because the heart is where things get real and they get real, real quick. Mm-hmm. That's where you make those, those real decisions is in the heart, which is why he says, um, for with the heart, one believes and is justified and with the mouth, one confesses and is saved. It's going back to the same concept of how they were all living for like outward righteousness. Like, Ooh, I look good. Look at me pray on the streets. But Jesus was saying, righteousness comes from inward righteousness and then what comes out will be actual righteousness no that's the same principle here yeah if you use it if you use you know use it as a 
get out of jail free card and, um, you know, and then continue to live your life like you were before, then you obviously you're not a Christian, no matter how many times you may refute that. It, well, it, uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, and on the flip side, some people will take that and they'll run with it the other way and be like, oh, I don't know if you're really safe. No, <laughs> this is not we <laughs> that is not what we are called to do, first of all. And second, if someone if someone <laughs> confesses and they actually make this change, we, we this goes into the whole concept of can you lose your faith or not? You cannot because you cannot lose something that you that you were given. If you can lose something, that means you could earn something. And we literally just said you cannot earn faith a couple minutes ago. True. So that whole argument of, well, I don't know if they really believed it because now they're living this way. That's bullcrap. If someone actually made that decision and they made it public, I'm going to go on the better half and say, yep, they're saved. And whether they live their entire rest of their life the opposite way, in my mind, they're still very much, that was the decision that I knew they made at one point. So... But if they if they truly believe that when they said it, then one way or another, at some point in their lives, you know, they're going to start veering back toward, you know, the right path. They're going to start living. You know, God is going to be start showing through them in one way or another. If they truly believe that 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 is that is that is the ideal hope. But I know probably for certain that there's quite a bit of people who. We get really dangerous with those terms like, are you a true Christian and truly? Because we look back in the Bible and there's a numerous account of people who will be in heaven, but they live their most of their life as though they weren't. Like the guy um, on the cross that said that Jesus was the Messiah. That the was, that, one, of the, yeah. the, one of the robbers that was on the cross with Jesus, he literally was told on his, on his cross with Jesus that he would see him in and he never went to uh, youth group. He never went to church. Yeah. He, he was he was literally he, he was, was being crucified. I yeah. mean, there's probably a reason. And he was he was guilty too. It wasn't like he was there because the same reason Jesus was there. Jesus was an innocent man hanging on the cross. This man was condemned and was justly being crucifixion. I don't know if that's just, but he was he had every right to be there, and Jesus had no right to be there. And Jesus told him, "Today you'll see me in heaven." So by all standards, if you move that incident like two years earlier in his life, you would say, oh, well, he took that and the next year he just went and stole and robbed and now he's not going to be in heaven. No, that applies to everyone. So when we get in the habit of saying, well, you're not a true Christian, that's that's playing the role of God because that's making a heart judgment that you can't make. And also we're called, the only people we're called to judge are believers. I can't remember where it says that. But it says we are called to judge believers. Leave the people of the world to God. That's his job. But we're called to hold each other accountable as believers. So if you see someone who, who has made that decision at one point in their life and they're living the complete opposite, it's our job as believers to say, hey, buddy, what what you doing? <laughs> Stop that. Like, that's the only time we're called to be not judgmental because that's a mentality of judgment, but to we're supposed to come up alongside other believers. Right. Yeah, people will take that out of context too. Yeah. But. There's a difference between holding someone accountable and being judgmental. Or yeah, you know. mm-hmm. and ultimately, when that, when that scripture is talking about judge your fellow brothers in Christ, it's not it's not saying the final judgment like you're going to hell. No, no, no. It's saying based on their actions, say here, let's get back to here. 
it's it's not like you saying now you're condemned to hell that's <laughs> that's always god's job <laughs> no you're, matter what you're condemned to ray romano yeah. yeah sorry we'll censor that out with ray romano i hope y'all enjoyed that because that was that was a gem if y'all haven't heard ray romano go listen to it at least five times that go listen will be to the, the go listen to the pan to. go listen to the panda podcast too oh my yeah. goodness <laughs> <laughs> that was a gem anyway that one has 15 plays already Tag Navit, that's fantastic. It might be because I keep accidentally logging into Spotify and starting it up. <laughs> accidentally. <laughs> yeah. Views reviews. All right. Well, you guys have anything else from nine through ten, or can we move on? Yeah, let's move on. Yeah. All right. And I liked. I really liked how in eleven it says, "For the Scripture says, everyone who believes in Him will not be put to shame." I just wrote, "Amen, Amen, Amen." Because that is that's sticking with Romans eight one that says in Christ there is no condemnation. Here it says everyone who believes in Him will not be put to shame, which is totally yes. Thank you, God. <laughs> and then twelve through thirteen, I think we can kind of save those. We can read over them again here, but I think this will work really well with we had a, we mentioned the question that was asked. They sometimes play into this question. Or at least the theory that was put with this question. So basically the verses go, For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, which is Jew and anyone else that's not a Jew. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Which is really awesome. Mm -hmm. Alright, anything from like 14 on? No, no, that's it. I think we can call it there. (laughs) <laughs> what? <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. I have, I still have a I still have every something for almost every verse going on going down here. So yeah, if y'all have something, just go ahead. I'm reading. Hold on. That's all right. Well, if you if you got stuff, go for it. All right. Well, first of all, I think 14 is when we go through 14 and then um, 17, it's kind of talking about the different talking about the roles of believers. And it's kind of just upping the ante each verse. And it starts off with how then will they call on him whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone so it just goes down the, the, the basically the line of command. Basically, it starts off with the ultimate one who preached, which was Jesus. He was the one who preached. And then the people who heard were everyone who was around him at that time. Mainly the disciples were the ones, or the apostles were the ones that took that and received it. And right afterward, they were the ones that continued this process. So it basically revealed the roles of the believers on the earth. In this new age, this new age that's not the Jewish and God just with them and their history we're now in the church age and this is the role of the believers in the church age and this is how it grows it's basically explained here if that makes sense wait wait, walk me through that again so it says in verse 14 how will they call on him who have not believed which makes sense because yeah and how are they to believe in him of whom they Mm -hmm. And how are they to hear without someone preaching? So it's just, that's the role of the believers. It started with Christ. He preached, someone else heard, and someone else believed. Those were the apostles. 
and the early Christians. And then that cycle kept going. Yeah, the, the, the apostles preached about Jesus and what he preached, and that continued on, and it carried on and carried on and carried on. That's the role of the believers in this new church age. And then in verse 15, it goes into, and how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. It's not actually saying like everyone who preaches is going to have beautiful foot model worthy feet. It's saying on journeys, if you're going to preach, that is beautiful. That is great. That's what we're here for. That's what we're blessed for. And I don't know about what you guys get from that, but for me, that is very much a calling that everyone who is a believer, there's this, there's these steps you hear, you believe. And then from there, what do you do with that belief? You preach and you go out and preach and preaching doesn't have to be straight up going on up to a church and standing up at the pulpit. Preaching is simply spreading the gospel. Yeah. That is everyone's calling who is calling themselves a Christian. We are to spread the gospel to everyone and everywhere, not just getting people to church, but bringing that everywhere we go with us. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I got out of it too. So, okay. I think, I think it's pretty unique how we view like the Sunday church now. Like we take a lot from the Sabbath, which to be totally honest, Sunday church and the Sabbath are very different things. And we kind of confuse the differences like Sunday church definitely has got more of this feeling of, yeah, it's an opportunity to bring someone who isn't a believer to come to Christ. But I think Sunday church is more this encouragement of the believers. And I'm pretty sure there's scriptures that back that I'll look for it. And every other day is the day where you minister like Sunday church is your supercharge where it's like, all right, let's charge you with the word and we'll send you out, go out and preach the gospel. And I think we have that reversed in our minds like in modern day. I could be wrong on that. If y'all have different thoughts on that, feel free to smack me. But no, I think we will take that and uh, be like, oh, it's like, it's like talking about the missionaries. We'll, and we'll just leave that to the missionaries. And, you know, uh, we'll just deal with our own things here. But it's like, uh, what was it? Missionary, be, being a missionary in your own hometown or we're all thing. called to be missionaries. If yeah. we take what this verse just says, yeah, like when I go ahead, sorry. I, no, I, you go. No, you go. No, no, no. I, I insist. Well, all I'm saying is this verse has literally just said this is the steps of it. You believe, you hear, you believe, you preach. You yeah. go out and preach. So, <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> when I was, uh, it's probably like fifth. Yeah, about fifteen. Uh, I. Um, I had this like intense drive to be a missionary. I'm not, I think it's a whole story in and of itself, but it, um, I was like, you know, thinking about, Oh, I want to go, you know, overseas or, you know, do this, you know, do all this cool missionary stuff. And then as I got older, I started realizing just how, you know, desperate, you know, Christ is needed in just, you know, just yeah. right outside your house, oh, yeah. in our own one retreats. step away from your own house. Right, exactly. And so yeah. I'm like, well, you know, I'm sure there's there's plenty of people who want to go overseas, but there's very few people who you know are willing to be a light. Well, I, mean, I shouldn't say very few people, but it's not as uh, you know, it's not as common to see someone taking the challenge of I'm in my missions field right now. And and yeah. in some cases, it's 
it's even harder to preach to like people oh, here, yeah. like like is. your peers. Can, it's it's way harder. I can harder. a thousand percent attest to that. It's so easy to go in front of a crowd that you're never going to see again that you've never yeah. met before and just say something as opposed to turning to your next door neighbor who you've known all your life and who knows you and possibly in your own mind, in your own humanly flesh, ruin, quote unquote, your relationship with them by throwing religion at their face. Yeah. Which the truth is, is if you're throwing Christ at their face, which I hope you're not throwing Jesus Christ at their face, yeah. you're not throwing a religion, you're throwing a relationship. Put that down. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus just sees you grabbing him and pick him up. He says, This is not this is not what you're called to do. You're called to preach, not yeet. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, like the like the whole going door to door like a Jehovah's Witness and being like, Have you heard about Jesus? Well, and it's it's just it, it's not a I mean, you have to have some, some sort of tact and you well, know uh, there's if if God calls you to do that, I don't think there's anything that you're definitely going to get a lot more awkward reactions though that's definitely going to not always send the right message yeah if you're scripted like that's that's not i am here today to talk to you about well the whole point is the the people who are if you look at the the, the, (laughs) my name is russell if you look at jesus and the disciples their life warranty yeah this the, the foundation was this everything was built upon this idea of spreading their message everything everything whether they were fishing or whatever they were doing, this was always the reason behind it. If we, and we can take that today because there's so many people who work jobs that reach people and they have no idea how much influence they have. Imagine if we viewed our job as first to preach the gospel and then it's, all right, God, what have you given me that I have the platform to do that on? Whether that's working at Walmart, think about the millions of people you could reach at Walmart. And I'm saying millions of the same people who go there 10 times a day. (laughs) There's a a friend of mine who recently um, got a job at a a, a construction place. And Mm, okay, yeah. And uh, and what does he do there? Construction. (laughs) And and the, the only reason. But like he thinks, and like uh, God's told him, the only reason he's working there right now is to spread the word of God. He oh, actually yeah. he re- he I recently just he recently just um was on a car ride with his boss, and he had a whole yeah. like the whole time he talked about God, and he's been sharing with coworkers, and it's just incredible. Well, just imagine if we had if the entirety of Christianity got that, and they went to all of their jobs, and that was the first thing on their mind, not whatever problem they had the last day at work. That was second place, and you have to still deal with those things. We're not saying just be oblivious, but if that is always the end goal, like if it's a it's a successful day, if you haven't made any money, but you got to spread the gospel. That's what he was saying. Like he feels more successful uh, if you spread the word with someone. Than if you know he got a million things done, that and that's day. just it. It's rewarding. You didn't get anything done. You're gonna be broke. No, no, no. That is more rewarding than making a hundred bucks a day or two hundred, however much you make a day, thousand bucks a day. That is more rewarding. I can speak from experience. So, I think it's extremely important to get out there and you know, like not only talk to people but also set the record straight if that's the right word like there's you have it's crazy how many um misconceptions people have about the bible and about jesus oh yeah Mm -hmm. it's ridiculous and that a lot of that comes from you know other uh denominations or 
yeah. people's just preconceived notions. Well, a lot of that like, comes from our approach to spreading the gospel. We yep. we we often will say what we just said about how righteousness is something that comes after salvation, and it's only something that comes after salvation. But then we'll go to someone and throw all of their sins in their face and say, "Well, this is all the stuff you've done wrong. We need to get to this." And that's why um, you guys ever watch the um, the Alpha videos. Like the alpha program, no. Okay, okay. no. Okay, it, it doesn't matter. Okay, we're we're, we're doing like a, a youth group and and we're going through the videos. The, uh, the youth, oh yeah, I remember hearing about that. Yeah, the, the youth version of the videos, and they have like three questions per episode, and they ask people on on the street, and like one of the things yeah. was like, "What do you know about Christianity?" And a lot of people said, "Well, uh, they I know I know they have like a lot of rules." But like, Which no, is the no, opposite. No, that's supposed not... to be the opposite. That's like, the whole point, because we'll but, say that yeah. and we'll get really judgmental about people who are living. We gotta realize, no, we're approaching this person as a brother because they're in this situation. This is only gonna lead to pain and struggling. The reason we're calling them back to this is not because we're throwing rules in their face that we have to keep, but because this is this we want to live like we will be in the kingdom, which is good what we're gonna be talking about. So, yeah, we, we got to get these things right. That's why these terms and theology really is important. People will say, well, what matters, these terminologies and theologies? Well, if you get this stuff wrong, this is where you start going down these rabbit trails of these other ways. That's that's why it's important. And also, you got to, like, how do I say this? Um, know your audience per se because like 100 like, percent, you could you could yeah. preach it like you could walk up to like actually my dad was talking about this a wealthy man gets you know preached like they preach about you know god will fulfill all of your needs and you'll have every like all your needs will be met and but a wealthy man would be like well i already have all my needs met why do i need this yeah yeah you know what i mean but that same message being preached to someone who's got nothing in life they're like yes i absolutely need this well, and that comes like look at Jesus as he was had his ministry. Look, kind of just as Justice said, he flipped the script when really he was sticking to the script, but he very much flipped the script on what everyone was thinking of how he did things. Because when you heard him when he was with sinners, he wasn't bad mouthing any of them. But the second yeah. someone who was self righteous, that's when he said, "You brood of vipers." <laughs> like that's the exact opposite of what we do today we look at all these people who are just who are lost and need jesus and we view them as muck and mire but we we just and then we just leave them when the reality is is we if we looked at believers and be like all right i see this is where you're struggling and it's less of this you're doing wrong 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 it's like let's get to this together it would be a lot more we'd be like in closer relationship and it would help us all greatly so, but yeah, let's continue in Romans 10. Otherwise, we're not going to get through this. 10, we were on 14 and 15. Well, chapter 10. <laughs> oh. Chapter 10, Justice. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> Romans 10, we're only, we're only in the first book of Romans. Yeah. Right? <laughs> All right, I got to hurry away there. Uh, but yeah, so 14 through 15 talking about and how they preach unless they are sent as it is written how beautiful are the feet of those who are preaching the good news and then um 16 it says but they have not all obeyed the gospel for isaiah says lord who has believed what he has heard from us so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of christ nice and then in closing the the, the 18 through 21 is just going through this how people have heard 
and the people who originally were supposed to receive the message didn't receive the message and somebody else did. So the point is to get talking. That is the point. People will say, oh, well, I will preach the gospel life and people will look at me and they'll no we're very yes you're called to live a godly life more for the believers around you so they're encouraged you're called to preach to the unbelieving yeah because they cannot believe without hearing yeah you you can't stay silent yeah people will just say i'll have a good attitude unless you're mute like and even then sign language people (laughs) jeez hey i'll just be i'll just be a really good person and 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 they'll 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 come to me. The Pharisees were really good people, and look where they were Ooh, at, quote right. unquote, good people. They 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 thought they were good people. They tasted but good. We Never take think that you're a good as person. like the ultimate excuse to not get out of our comfort zone. Is <laughs> this idea of I'll be good, and people will come to Christ through just looking at me live my life and responding to these situations. I mean, you, you should try to be good, but like... Well, no, because the truth <laughs> is, is even in those situations, we don't always respond correctly. We really don't respond correctly to a lot of situations. So if that's what you're going to try to do, first of all, good luck, Chuck. And even if you do, good luck that they even get that from that. Because no, it's not all about you. The whole world is not looking at you and saying, oh, why is blah, blah, blah doing this? Chances are... look, And for people who are anxious and... It, it, the, the 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 truth of it is, the the world doesn't really care about you. It doesn't care what you do. So <laughs> and I say that no, you serve no, no purpose. I, got where you're coming from, yeah. I know that you know. I know it sounds bad and everything, and some people will be like, mm. but I mean, like it's it, 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 at the end of the day, like they're not, no one's gonna you know sit no. We're, they're, you're not on a pedestal, like and everyone's sitting there watching you. Yeah, and totally. To be honest, preaching is not going to a multitude of people and yelling out the gospel in front of everybody. Preaching can be having a converse, one-to-one conversation through years. Years. Because sometimes it takes people that long to receive it. Yeah. So it's not doesn't always have to be this big public, ooh, scary thing. It is literally just that is your constant mindset, is how am I going to spread? That's why I love that we wanted to do this podcast, because this is this is a way that we can do that. This is a way that we can preach the gospel as we're called to do in a safer environment. We're not going to get tomatoes thrown at us when we say yeah. things just yeah, later really, on the streets. Like, it, it, <laughs> you don't all have this back in the day. Holy moly. Oh, oh my gosh. I would have saved all of his sermons. It would have been fantastic. Oh, yeah, Wait, what? It, it, it can be just as simple as Spotify back in the day. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you guys, welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> It's your boy. Well, basically, this is Paul's Spotify Except because speaking... I mean, we're 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 talking about his stuff. When... Except he's speaking Greek the entire. We got some special <laughs> guests from Rome I today. <laughs> we should have a whole episode where Justice hey guys... pretends to be Paul. <laughs> hey guys, coming at you from the c- coming at you from the prison. <laughs> uh, it's kind of cold. <laughs> oh my goodness! Hey guys, it's live during the attempted stoning. And no, not that kind of stoning. They're actually hurling rocks at me. <laughs> but I survived. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hey guys, so I'm changing my channel name to Paul. Uh, I used to be called Saul. Changing <laughs> changing my channel to Paul. Actually, cool cool story about that. He didn't necessarily change his name. One was just his Greek name and one was his Rome, uh, not Roman, Jewish name. People say, oh, Saul to Paul. He changed his name when he became a Christian. No, most of most Jews had two names. 
Okay, Mr. Know It Call. That's why you hear Simon <laughs> Peter, because his name is Simon, but he's also known as Peter. Wait, so are you talking about Jews during the, the time of the Romans? Or yes, the yeah, Jews, Jews during the, this time specifically, not like Jews throughout the whole Old Testament and Bible. Sorry, I didn't okay. clarify that. Jews at this time had two names. You'll see that with Simon Peter. Uh, Matthew was also known as Levi. You see that those two different names. That's because of the two different languages. They wanted their Hebrew names as well as their Greek names. So, yeah. Wow. That explains that. People will take that and they'll say, you see, there's this conversion, this change when you meet Jesus. And Jesus gives you a new name, which is true. He says you are a new creation. But using that in... Paul's story isn't necessarily exactly what's going on because it's just his other name. He didn't like become a new person. I mean, he did, but it'd be like yeah. using your middle name, right? Kind of, yeah. Sure, we'll go with that. That's pretty good. I did, actually didn't know any of that, so, that, so thank yeah. you. No problem. I mean, you never really hear him called Saul after that, if I remember, but that <laughs> gives you context. Were we talking about that one time? We're like, I don't know. I think we were, and like <laughs> people still thought he was. Saul, like it was a bad guy. Oh, yeah, I think, I think we, we did a little bit. <laughs> we <laughs> well, talked about that. The, well, there's Saul in the Old Testament, too, who is the king, who is not necessarily the greatest dude for most of his life. So <laughs> that's pro- imagining... Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, that's, that's all I had to say about that. <laughs> I'm just imagining like a legionnaire, like going up to him and being like, You, Paul Saul. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, it, it, you could just pick one or the other. It's yeah. Fine. Well, I think Paul was his um, Greek name, if I'm not mistaken, because he was known as Saul when he was carrying out the Jewish law. I, I, I could be totally wrong on that. And somebody, like I said, we get thrown on the street, just not when we say things, so we can say a lot of really dumb stuff. But that, that might be why you hear him called Saul in the first part, because he's acting out Jewish law. And that's his Jewish name. And then Paul later, because he's speaking to the Romans and all these Gentiles and stuff like that. Okay, you, you uh, I'll call you Paul. That sounds weird, but I'll allow it. <laughs> well, it, may, it probably just we, it probably was just what language they were being talked to in. Like, if you were being talked to in Jewish, they called you Saul. If you're being talked to in Greek, they called you Paul. Sort of like is... how the uh, the uh, in Lord of the Rings, um, the humans called Gan- called Gandalf Gandalf, but the elves called him Mithrandir. See, see, Lord of the Rings is biblical. <laughs> It's a hundred percent. But I like it's canon. Checkmate. <laughs> it's canon. I like in how really... in verses eighteen, nineteen, and twenty, it kind of like very much mirror, mirrors like Jesus's ministry in past things that were said in the Old Testament. Like in eighteen, it says their voice has gone out to all the earth, and their words have gone to the ends of the earth, with this, which is us spreading the gospel. It says, I will make you jealous of those who are not a nation. With a foolish nation, I will make you angry, which calls back to when the Jews made Saul, not Saul Paul, just Saul, their king. Because they said, God, why don't we have a king like all the other nations? And he said, because I'm your king. And they said, well, we want, you know, a human king, you know. And that even carries over to now. Like, a lot of the Jewish people are still holding on to can't get past Jesus being God. And they're in that same state of, it's this idea of a foolish nation that they are jealous of. And then in 20, it talks about Isaiah, and he says, I have been found by those who did not seek me. I have shown myself to those who did not ask for me, which calls back, we kind of talked about it, how in Matthew, like first 12 chapters, Jesus is offering the kingdom to Israel. 
not just to the not not he's not going to the Gentiles and saying, all right, join my kingdom. Specifically, he's going to try to ask them to fulfill what God promised to David, and they reject him, and more of the Gentiles accept him than the Jews which is exactly what this verse is pointing out. I have been found by those who did not seek me, <laughs> who, who did not seek me. I've shown myself to those who did not ask for me. It's showing how the Jews didn't want Jesus more willing to receive that than the people that Jesus originally came for. I mean, Jesus came for us all, but his purpose, he's preaching the kingdom gospel in the first bit. And then he switches to teaching his disciples to boom, preach and continue this believer cycle that we just went through. So, really cool. But, much all of 10. Did you guys have any more thoughts on those last verses or whatever? No. It, mm-hmm. it just I like, the, I like the fact that he, in 21, just the whole thing of calling uh, Israel a disobedient and contrary people. Yeah. Yeah. Just hammering it home. Which... <laughs> go, Michael. Not a, no. No. Michael, just go. Just no, never, never mind. Get out! I thought you're. I thought you're just saying that, like you like, you just like, um, just talking bad about Israel. <laughs> like, that's, what, that's what I thought you were saying. It's like you well, know, I love who just calls them. Just this is all part of God's like just showing His glory through Israel. Because the whole point of we 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 know this in our very hearts. So if we don't get careful, we're going to be caught in the same situation. We're going to get caught lacking. But this whole idea that God uses our weakness to show his strength. And if you look at Israel, they have that history of falling away, falling away, falling away. Even when God is literally visible in their presence. Like, we don't think about that. Back in Moses' day, in the Ark of the Covenant, they actually could see God there. There was a constant smoke burning from where God's presence was outside of the tabernacle. They knew God was there. there was a, it was called a theocracy where God was their head. He gave, made big decisions for them. He told them when to move and when not to move. But people will miss that. That is huge. That You can literally go and say, that's where God is. People will say, well, you can't see God. How can we prove him? They could literally, the Jews back then could say, oh, that's God. We see it. Because he's there. His presence is there because we can see the smoke constantly burning out, even though there's not something being burned on the inside. And they still had all these moments where they fell away from God. And again, they made these decisions. And while that smoke is still burning and they know God's presence is still there for the covenant, they're over here worshiping other idols and doing all this stuff. That adds so much more impact to them turning away from God. And it adds even more impact to God still loving them and choosing to call them his own. Yeah. I think, is it in, I think it's in Exodus that God himself calls, the, calls them a stiff-necked people or a stubborn people. Well, yeah, it's because Moses has gone for literally, I think it's 40 days, and they turn to an idol. Mm-hmm. Literally just 40 days, and he's up on the mountain with God, and you can see lightning cracking, God's presence is there, and they all, while that's happening, while that's going on, they turn away from God after he just did all these miracles for him, for them. Like, that is ridiculous. That is so Literally delivered them, deliver them from slavery made food rain down from the sky yeah and, and 40 like, days after moses leaves they're just like you know he's, not, he's golden cow <laughs> yeah we can see god up there maybe we think he killed moses and now we don't have a connection and, to god so let's make our own god 
And the part where, and the part where they're, they're complaining about the <clears throat> about the food, it's like, well, you know, at least they had like some nice fruit in it back in Egypt. Maybe we could sneak our oh way back there. Oh my goodness! I hate Imagine that. just the, I, the the urge that God had to want to smite them. <laughs> I, I'm so glad that I can't comprehend God because if I could, I would explode. First of all, and I'm so glad that God is not a person that can be comprehended because that means he can deal with these things completely justly and completely with love and righteousness because we could not do that. <laughs> we would see them do that. We'd be like, you know what? All those promises I made to Abraham, heck with that. <laughs> Gone. <laughs> Death. Destruction. Goodbye. Never heard from again. Yep. But yeah. So that's Romans 10. We should probably dive into Nikki B backflips question yeah, before yeah, we run yeah, out of time. I was going to introduce that quick. Yeah, we got a so uh, uh, our our uh, a fan or a listener. I don't know if he listens to other ones, but <laughs> I love he he's a fan. He's, he's commented on other ones, so oh, okay. He is one of our he is one of our top listeners. Uh, to be totally wanna... honest, if you listen to more than one podcast, you're one of our top listeners. <laughs> yeah, Your uh, top zero point um, zero one. He so. he gave us a question, and you know, just for uh, you know professional professionalism. You know, he, he said that we could, uh, you know, we could, you know, plug. Read exactly uh, what he's, read exactly what he said. Yeah. Uh, He says, I give you permission to source me fully in every way from content, name, species, etc. You can (laughs) shout out in every way possible. So now the real question is, is what is, what species is Nicholas Backlund? uh, Nicholas comes from the genus Homo. You want to take it from there? Um, well, he he calls himself the humble the humble fox. That is literally his name on Instagram. So go look so him up. So what is what is the follow. species? What is the name for a fox? What is the uh, the species name? Oh, I don't know. Vulpus, so Vulpus. he's he's Homo vulpus. So, homo vulpus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what, what what what's large? Because he says he's 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 a humble fox, and he's largo. a very he's a very largo humble. Fox. That's that's Spanish. That's long. That's not even large. <laughs> Uh, Maximus, I don't know. There you go, Maximus. <laughs> Maximus, whatever the heck the box oh. name was. Uh oh. Uh, looks like we lost somebody. I'm still oh, here. No. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Can you- okay, right. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm back. We almost died. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Backlund cut the connection because Michael was about to reveal okay. his identity. <laughs> yeah. After we, we were about to say Homo vulpus maximus, and he cut out. <laughs> <laughs> I missed so that. That's a species. But Nick is one of people just like Josh, who we talked about before. He helped out at camps. He was a disciple directly underneath um, the, the runner of those camps known as PT, Pastor Todd. And so we all know him, except for Justice. We've all yeah. interacted with him quite a bit. And he is a character. If you need to, If you need to have a smile on your face for any random weird reason, uh, just follow Nick around for a. Actually, don't do that. That could make him attack you. Yeah. <laughs> if you really want to hear a funny story, just just neon pink. Just ask him about something that's neon pink, or glittery neon pink. I think it's anyway. That's besides the point. Yeah. That's really besides the point. <laughs> but we, uh, yeah, the, the why we're why we're bringing him up is because he uh, he gave us or he sent us a message on our on our Instagram account. Shout out to our Instagram account. Thank uh, you, Nick, um, for participating. Yeah. Woo. 
but uh, the other fourteen, yeah, really, of you, we, I, we, we really do appreciate. Okay, I don't have an Instagram interaction. So. <laughs> Me neither. He's but, on our fave five now. Yeah. <laughs> but he says, "Hey, I was listening to your Romans Nine podcast, and I was curious of your thoughts on, uh, or I was curious." your thoughts of the view of uh, the already not yet view of the kingdom. What are your thoughts on the subject? All right. Well, first of all, let's define it because that's really important getting into it. Um, it must've been a thing from God because when we were going through Matthew, we had this really good teacher and he actually on it. And I was like, yes, that is totally, I agree with that. But the already not yet theory was uh, popularized, popularized, Fairly, I think it was in the 70s. I could Probably. be wrong. By That's a guy named George Ladd. And it totally makes That's sense the 50s, why. Actually, with Ladd. Well, all right. The 50s, then. There you go. PJ corrected me. And the already not yet theory is kind of a. It's, it's called a compromise <coughs> theology because it kind of meshes two different theologies. And we talked about these on the Romans 9. We hinted at them. We didn't give them names because we're not smart geniuses here that know the names of all these different theologies. But it meshes two theologies. And the reason why it's called a compromise theology is because it tries to find a middle ground. Um, And one of these theologies is the covenant theology, which is saying the kingdom is here and now, which is what we addressed in Romans 9. The kingdom is here and now, and the church has taken over Israel's promises. Like all the things that God promised Israel in the Old Testament the church has kind of stepped in and taken those over, which we spent Romans 9 talking about it, how that really doesn't apply to scripture and how the verses that they have for it, like when Jesus is saying the kingdom of God is at hand and he's talking about how he is at hand because he's the king of the kingdom and how he says some of you won't die before you get a glimpse of the kingdom. He's talking about the transfiguration and how some of them will literally see a piece of the kingdom and then it's sent back up into heaven. But we kind of talked about that and how the kingdom the covenant theology just doesn't really work because, A, there's not really any scripture that backs it, and B, it makes God out to be a liar, kind of, in a way. Or at least the contrary, you know, he doubles it, it makes you have to beat around the bush a lot more and have to read beyond things instead of letting the Bible tell you what it tells you. Mm. And... I had one verse, Genesis 17, 7. This is a promise he's making to Abraham. It says, and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting, everlasting covenant to be God and to you and to your offspring after you. Which is saying, he's very specifically talking about Abraham's line. Specifically, his promised line, which is what we talked about in Romans 9, because there's a distinction. There's a line of promise, which is from Isaac and then on, and then from Jacob and on. But yeah, so I know that's a lot of big, weird words, but there's covenant theology, and it's this meshing with dispensational conclusion, which is where what we kind of, that's what we were saying, that that's where we felt. It's, it's basically saying that the church and Israel are being dealt with separately but they both what they have is christ and eternal life mm-hmm. that's basically what the um conclusion is 
And, um, well, you guys might be saying, well, didn't we just read in Romans 10, verses 12 through 13, that there's no distinction between Jew and Greek? We did, but we got to re realize context is key. Context is key. We just read that for there is no distinction for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on him, on the name of the Lord, will be saved. So we got to realize here, this is not saying everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek for the promises that God made to Israel. That's not what's said here. This is specifically talking about eternal life and salvation. Mm -hmm. And it literally says that for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Talking about Specifically, we will all be saved, Jew or Gentile. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will not have condemnation. They will be saved. Very specific. People will take that and say, oh, well, there's no distinction between Jew and Greek. And they'll just take that <laughs> take that completely out of context. No, 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 no. There is very much a distinction outside of that context of anyone who calls on Jesus will be saved. So that's dispensational uh, conclusion. And then you get into like pre-tribulation rapture and post-tribulation rapture. And that's talking about stuff in Revelation. And yeah, it makes the Bible very much is pointing in that direction. And you don't have to beat around the bush, I don't think, at all with that in mind. So, But that's basically what this uh, already not yet theory is. It's the merging of those two. It's trying to find middle ground between uh, the church is inheriting what the Jews had, but the Jews will also still have their promises. So it's, that's, that's literally, the, like, we are in the kingdom now as Christ's church. But there will also be a Jewish kingdom. That's the already and all and not yet, if that makes sense. Did that make sense to you guys or no? Yeah, you, you brought it sure. you brought it together at the end there. But yeah, well, so that's already not yet. So, so Gil, what are your guys' thoughts on it? Are you saying that the kingdom will be separated between the Jewish people and the church? Well, no, okay. The, the already not yet. Like the, the kingdom, the laying of the foundation is our job now, is basically what this is saying. We're laying the foundation for the kingdom now. That's our role right now as Christians. That's what this is saying. And then in the future, there will all. So not only are we in the kingdom now, but there's going to be another kingdom later. Okay. I believe. Or the continuation of this kingdom. PJ, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, what? What? PJ, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Michael, go. Okay, I believe that um, there are special things for the church, and some of them might be similar things to what was, you know, what was special for the Jewish people, but some of them may be different. It, uh, like maybe, like the, I don't know if they're completely transferred over to the church or if it's an exact carbon copy for the church too. I think it might be different i don't know you know what i mean yeah and so we said this last time your views on this this is a second rate issue this is not like a salvation issue if you view that we're in the kingdom now all right whatever just make sure you're careful with how you use things because there's some things where it could people take that and they'll be like all right well if we're in the kingdom that's where prosperity preaching comes from we're if in the kingdom your king should bless you you know Things like that. So it's be careful how far you take these things. But yeah. 
what PJ, I know you have thoughts in your mind. You don't just laugh like that without having a comment or concern or disagreement. (laughs) Tell me where you disagreed with me. It didn't exactly have anything to do with that. No, it didn't. (laughs) All right. Well, then anyway, we'll move on because we're already we're already at a hefty amount of time for this. (laughs) Yeah, we are. But what do you guys have on that? I just no. You go ahead. No, that was just gonna say it. Should we explain it in layman's terms? Go ahead. Uh, Are you calling them lame? Yes. Or just people who don't, you know. Yeah, just go ahead. No, any more explanation than my long drawn out (laughs) one is a better explanation. Um, I was just going to say that it just the idea that uh, it's uh, for you know people who have a hard time understanding what exactly that all meant uh, and and correct me if i you know if i if you have anything to add or whatever but uh essentially the idea that you know the kingdom is here now um but not in its you know full glory yeah that's something that'll be that'll be uh that'll It'll be shown later, later when jesus returns the second time Right, right, right. And that's where it becomes meshed because these two other things, the the covenant theology is just saying that there's the kingdom now and the dispensational dispensational conclusion is saying the kingdom is just when Jesus comes back the second time. This already not yet merges the two and says they're both right, which already is a contradicting thing because they can't both be right. (laughs) And it's it's, uh, I think you, you mentioned this a little bit, but it's popular among like the more charismatic groups yeah used for uh, you know promote like the prosperity gospel and all that stuff yeah you didn't mention that well and to be totally fair if you do believe that the kingdom is here and the kingdom is now that would make sense it would make sense to be more charismatic because the reason where i really firmly believe that the bible does not support this is first of all if we're in the kingdom we have jobs to do like there's jobs given to us and things that should happen for us when we're in the kingdom and we're just not doing them. And there's also promises made all the way back in the old Testament about the new heavens and the new earth that should be happening now. Yeah. Like I, I, in Isaiah 65, 17 through 25 goes through the whole new heavens and the new earth. This is talking about Jesus's kingdom. Okay. So get this in your head. This is when Jesus is on earth everything's good and hucky-dory for behold i create a new heavens and a new earth and the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind but be glad and rejoice forever in which i create for behold i create jerusalem to be a joy and her people to be in, be a gladness first of all that's not where israel's at right now israel is a war zone i will rejoice in jerusalem and be glad in my people no more shall be heard in it that sound of weeping and the sound of cry and of distress no more shall there be in it an infant who lives but a few days or an old man who does not fulfill who does not fill out his days for the man shall die a hundred years old and the sinner a hundred years old shall be accursed they shall build houses and inhabit them they shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit they shall not build and another inhabit because they'll all live in that they won't have to people won't be dying at very young they shall not plant and another eat for like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be and my chosen and my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands they shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity for they shall be offspring of the blessed of the lord and their descendants with them 
for they call, I will answer. While they are speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb will graze together. Do you see that today? No. The lion shall eat straw like the ox, and the dust be the serpent's food. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountains, says the Lord. So, if we read all that, how much of that transfers to today if we're in the kingdom? Uh-huh. That's that's. If we're going to let scripture tell us what it's telling us, and we don't take it and twist it and say, come to it with, all right, I'm looking for where the kingdom is here on earth. Oh, I see this verse, and I take this verse and take it out of context, and now, boom. You know, the kingdom's here on earth. But that's that's just some of the promises. And then Isaiah 35, 9 uh, says, No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it, and they shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. It, it's, it's There's just a lot of things that aren't going on that should be going on if we're in the kingdom right now. In any form, whether we're just laying the groundwork for the fulfilled kingdom or we're in the fulfilled kingdom, you know, if that makes any sense to you guys, if you have any counterpoints or whatever, go ahead. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's mm-hmm. spot on. Uh, when it comes to theology stuff, I am very, very simple. If it's supported by the Bible, by all means, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, but if you have to stretch a verse out or find some in between the lines kind of things with it then I'm probably, you won't find me uh, putting a lot of uh, faith into that. I'll put my faith in the stuff that is obvious. And just remember, we're all still brothers in Christ. If you believe in this already, not yet, so what? That doesn't really matter. We're still in this together. You don't, I don't have to make you agree with me and I don't have to agree with you. That's not the point here. This is just how we deal with the Bible and it's just, it, it, it is important because the truth is, is in the very essence of it, a compromised theology is just as wrong as a wrong theology. That That's going to change a lot of stuff for how you view, how you preach, how you view people. We, we've talked about how we evangelize the wrong way because we view people and judge people. Well, evangelizing the wrong way doesn't take away my salvation. It just makes me less effective at glorifying God. Yeah. So the whole point is to get more to this, this, this spot where we are the most effective that we possibly can be at glorifying God. And also, the promises and the characteristics of the kingdom, I kind of already said this, they just don't look like anything we're experiencing here on earth. And most importantly, we take a lot of terms and use them incredibly sloppily. Like, especially in our music. Like, if you listen to our music, me and PJ were talking to us today, you would think we're in the kingdom because all of it's about the king and bring your kingdom here right now, which that part's great because we want Jesus to come back. But there's also that verse um, that talks about how we must seek the things above. Our kingdom is in the heavens because if our kingdom was here, Christ would be here because he's the king of the kingdom. Does that make sense to you guys? Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah. we have the Holy Spirit in us, but Christ said, I have to go away and prepare a place, which he's talking about in heaven, the heavens, the kingdom of the heavens. Otherwise, why didn't Jesus just walk out on earth and start preparing everything if the kingdom is here? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We are members of, in that sense, that's where I won't argue with people. If that's your main argument for that, that's a pretty loose argument. But sure, we're in the kingdom because the members of the kingdom are here. But there are also members not of the kingdom, and their way is definitely the more pushed way than our way. 
and the truth is in the kingdom, Christ's way will be the way. And every other way will be the minority. That's the truth of it. So, and I don't, I just don't see that now. And then the well, verse that the minority, it's the, anything not pertaining to Christ or his way is just non-existent. And in Colossians, the, the, the Colossians three, one through four talks about um, how we aren't having our mindset on things here. This is just going back to, and I'm not, this is why I showed Old Testament and New Testament verses, because I'm not going to just take a verse out of context and just, boom, this is why I believe it. But Isaiah just supports this. If you then have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on the things that are for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So when we get to this whole argument of we're members of the kingdom, so the kingdom is here. But you won't be in this body when you're living in the kingdom. There will be a renewal of the body. You will not have the sinful flesh that gives you the capacity to still sin. People don't get that. But yeah, continue, Michael. Can I bring, okay, I'll bring, I'll bring up a, a point. Uh, so in the Bible, who does it say is the um, has like ruled over the earth per se? Uh, Satan. Satan. Why would he be li- if this was the kingdom? Why would Satan have ruled? He has over been the land? given. He has been keyword given dominion. Exactly. And if we read Jesus's whole when he's preaching the kingdom to happen, like right then on earth, he uses the term "son of man" and "son of God," which are interchangeable. The son of man thing comes from seven and it's Daniel describing son of man literally just means human in Hebrew. But those who would have been hearing Jesus would have known that he's talking to a very specific son of man in Daniel, because Daniel just says there was this human who could stand before God and God gave him dominion and power. So as Christians, we know that had to have been Jesus because there's no human who could just stand before God and not be, you know, destroyed especially a human who's been given dominion and power they're talking about jesus was saying that because he's saying i'm the messiah and he's also saying i am god which really cool but as far as so to summarize the already not yet theory it's a compromised theology that's taking a broken theology and trying to fix it better with a with the not broken theology which is the dispensational conclusion. That's what we believe, that there will be a physical reign of Christ on church, uh, on earth, and the church and Israel have separate promises, but have the same promise of eternal life. And God will still fulfill all of his promises with Israel, for Israel, and he will fulfill all the promises he's made to the church, for the church. So, and already not yet, is just trying to get them closer together, and it doesn't work, because... It's, there's so many theological hoops that you have to jump through to get to it. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense because the time that it was made, we talked about this in Romans 9 too. The Jews were nowhere to be seen in Israel at the time of this theology's like forerunner. The Jews were all over the world. They were scattered. So how could God... In the eyes of, my, of the Christians at the time, how could God fulfill his promises? There's no Jews in Israel. 
Oh, his promises have been transferred to us, the church. We're all over. We're growing. We're spreading. And But that's taking, that's taking our circumstance and letting it dictate our theology. And that's where we get into dest- destructive stuff. So, if Nick, you had more questions on that. Feel free to ask us more. And if you still disagree with us, that's fine. We still love you. We will. I, I, I would read the Nicholas Backlund version of the Bible. It'd be fun. NBV. Or maybe you just wanted to hear about it, and I hope that that answered your question. But, yeah. You guys have anything else on that? No. No, not, mm. not really. And just more, like, feeding into this idea that God made specific promises to Israel. Genesis twenty two eighteen says, And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, as you have obeyed my voice. Like, that just, that fits, that fits the church and Israel right there through israel the church was born you could say israel was the metaphorical mother of christianity in a way because the the messiah was jewish jesus was jewish all these things that happened before it was a jewish uh of jewish origin so we owe everything to god using the jewish people not the jewish people specifically but to god using them so, and that was said in Romans 9. It was saying, talking about, uh, or was it again? I think I tried to look at it in the last podcast too and I lost it. But any thoughts? You guys go ahead and talk. I'll be quiet for 12 seconds. No promises. I mean, I think you've basically covered quite <clears throat> Yeah. I know me and PJ were talking before. And PJ, did you have any thoughts or anything? Uh, no, like, like I said, it's just, uh, I, I, well, I basically said everything I need to say. If it's uh, uh, my theology standpoints are pretty simple. If it's in the Bible and it's said clearly. Then, by all means, I I believe that to be. Uh, go ahead and believe that. It's the Bible. How are you gonna How are you gonna argue that? But if it's something that you gotta read between the lines, you can still believe it. I don't care. That's that's up to you. But uh, uh, you won't find me supporting it. Any other thoughts? No. So shout out to Nikki B. Thank you for starting spurring. Um, we and just knowing the background of this idea of is the kingdom here is the kingdom not here is the kingdom in the future it totally makes sense where we get these denominations because i understand if the kingdom is here we have we should be going out and be celebrating because the kingdom's here let's go out and heal on the streets because there should be no more sickness let's go out and these things should happen it makes sense so it but if we read the bible what it tells us and it tells us that no, that the kingdom was rejected back in Matthew 12. Uh-huh. And then Jesus's, Jesus's whole message changed to preparing for this age of believers in the church. And we never hear of Jesus being called the king of the church. He's the head of the church. We are the body of Christ. We will be joined with him. So very clear distinction there. And basically, I asked... The, the professor that talked about this was really cool. I asked him basically, oh, so 
if they would have accepted that kingdom right then and there, would that have been like the kickoff of this future kingdom that we're now looking forward to that's talked about in Revelation? Like, well, essentially, yeah. yeah. Like, Jesus, Jesus would have started his reign on the earth right then and there. And Israel would have been the epicenter of the world, and all the other nations would have been torn down immediately, and big bang, boom. But they rejected that, and Jesus knew they would reject that. So, but he still offered it because he loved them. But, yeah, it's really crazy. So, shout-out to Nick. Do we have any other shout-outs? you guys have any shout-outs? Uh, Ray Romano? Yeah. Shout-out to, to Ray Romano. Romano. Yeah. If it weren't for you, I wouldn't even be here. <laughs> Dad? <laughs> Question yeah. mark? No, no. I'm, Thanks, saying you guys, I'm saying you guys wouldn't have kept me on the podcast. <laughs> I thought Mr. Genesot was your father. Nope. Ray Romano. <laughs> no, no. No, that's not, I, I, mean, I meant on the podcast. I didn't mean on the earth. <laughs> <laughs> for context reasons you need to make sure you just talked about context Michael <laughs> jeez you're gonna get a whole nother Michael thinking that Ray Romano <laughs> is his father and then we and, and then there's the uh, then there's the uh, um, the the Ray Romano compromise where there yeah. where, where Ray Romano is only half my father <laughs> Well, but that's just the, that's the whole point why we want to get these things clear because all it does it doesn't change who Michael is it just makes us sound silly talking about Michael. <laughs> it takes away our credibility a little more. People are less likely to believe that this Michael we're talking about is even a real person. <laughs> yeah, if we're out here talking about how Michael uh, is the son of Ray Romano, uh, people are gonna take what we have to say with a lot less uh, credibility. We might also get a Dr. Phil episode trying to prove who's the father. Yeah, <laughs> Ray Romano, you are not the father. Well, <laughs> everyone's like, well, well, well yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! I say that I'm the son of Ray Romano, and the Pharisees are like, that's blasphemous. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, you're only feeding into the confusion. <laughs> it's all big. It's all one big analogy. Basically, go listen to Romano nine, and yeah. it'll explain everything and, to you. And Romans nine, and the panda while you're at it. And you know what? Risk, listen to Romans one through nine, and then ten, and yeah. then every other episode of the podcast. And yeah, go back and listen to them uh, backwards. Yeah, because we sneak entertain because. Because we sneak subliminal messages in there that you may not hear the first time. We yeah. we we sneak the listeners of this podcast social security numbers in there. Don't ask how we got them. One, seven, two. The numbers, Mason. What do they mean? Eight, six, seven. What five, if five? What if we actually three, and there was zero, nine? What if there was actually a, like subliminal message and it was just the Ray Romano thing? <laughs> that would be pretty spectacular. This whole time it's all been leading up to Ray Romano. They don't have enough people to actually put subliminal messages in our stuff. That's our big announcement is that you know what? actually <laughs> Ray Romano. It's like <laughs> one in 5,000 people are going to like go to the heights that some people do on like decrypting files from like inside the video. <laughs> well, Hello, okay, internet. Okay. All, all, we need to do, all we need to do is just if people are too afraid to, you know, do what they're called to do and preach, they just need to share the podcast. Yeah. So yeah. maybe that's your form of preaching. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and comment on the Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and also donate. Donate. <laughs> donate to our Patreon. <laughs> that we still don't have. Oh goodness. my goodness. How are we that's gonna what, close? How are we hey, gonna close this? Remember, we are that's an hour uh, twenty four minutes in. 
ready? Donate to the Patreon. That's what Weird Mono would want you to do. Yeah, there you go. That's yeah. how we ended it, right there. <laughs>